I've already I already ruined Louis's show with my presence, and now I'm here to do it to yours. At least it's authentic. Welcome everyone back to the Bone Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. You didn't even tell me we were starting and I got the tea up to my mouth. Come on, man. How unprofessional is this? You you invite me into your bedroom. I don't this know. Is why I pre -record. Hey, this is why go, I pre-record. This is why I pre-record. You just yeah. go, hey, just so you, like, not even a hint, no bro. Just no the hint. one breath between the next. And by yep. the way, the show started. What the fuck is that? We're, we're here in. with George. We are here with our special guest, the Magic Historian, also known as an old wizard, also known as Hatcher. Uh, so welcome to the Bone Zone, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll legit give you a. If you want to do a mulligan and start over for your channel, no, we, no dude, way, can. No, no way. way. I've already, I already ruined Louis's show with my presence, and now I'm here to do it to yours. <laughs> At least it's authentic. You're getting the real deal. No, this That's is true. usual. This is usually how the Bone Zone goes, yeah. anyway. This is a little bit of a looser <laughs> podcast, I would say. Yeah, we're not too worried about it. We asked the Magic Historian to come on. Actually, I asked the Magic Historian to come on with George's push. I was talking to him about George, and I said, "Hey, George said it'd be." fun to have you on the podcast i think it'd be great too would you want to do that and uh he said fuck no you're trash and uh <laughs> and then, um, yeah and then he he actually uh didn't contact me in discord i had to contact him and he said yeah i'd, I'd be down i'm trash also so yeah so uh anyways what i said is i said dude i want it to be three old fogies talking about magic the gathering specifically our experiences like early magic the gathering experiences hatcher what do you think about paper magic compared to online magic right now coming from a place where we all started you know really young playing in paper and we never had this option i think that uh, digital has certain advantages in ease. So anybody can hop in any time of the day, find a game. That's great, right? You can get yeah. the base magic experience on demand. That part is nice, but the paper experience is something different because when you do it digitally, depending on the way you're doing it, MTGO or arena, you will diminish your level of human interaction. You can try and do it maybe through spell table, but that's paper magic just being digitally broadcast, right? But ultimately- sure. The actual experience of physically playing magic with somebody is it's got more depth to it, right? You you don't sit there annoyed at your opponent. When you're playing arena, the opponent is an AI. That's essentially what they are. You stop even right. noticing their name. You turn oh, yeah. off the emotes because people just spam, go, 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 go. And you're like, what is the matter with you? It's like, it's excuse true. me, but this is my elite strategy. If I put you on tilt, it just means I'm good at the game. And it's like, I want to drink all of the bleach right now oh, so yeah. arena <laughs> yeah. is like arena is is for the social aspect it's trash it's garbage it's worthless but it's easier to get into the paper stuff costs more money and yeah. it does take more time you got to go to the store you got to do whatever else but you have a physical thing that you own wizards can kick you off of arena whenever they want you don't own the cards there but most of all the most important thing and this is what a lot of people don't get is the real magic and magic, magic's a great gaming system, but the real magic's at the end. It's in the gathering, right? It's the getting oh, together yeah. of people. That's what's built the game up. I mean, Lorcana knows what's going on. That's why they're going to go, hey, You're in. You got it, man. gaming stores are going to get it two weeks early. Yep. Like, the oh, real deal Maybe. is that people who get together and play games, they talk to each other, they build a community, right? These games on their own in a vacuum are 
enjoyable to a degree, but it's more of a clinical enjoyment than a human enjoyment. And yeah, when you're sitting there playing arena, you're just going, come on, man, come on, just do whatever it is you're going to do. You never sit there playing against your opponent doing that. You might look at your cards. You might see how they're reacting. You might look around at your environment. You might just stop for a moment to appreciate that you're at a game event, right? Like there are two completely different experiences aside from the mechanical side of it. And you're, you're probably old like me that like, when we played draft in the olden days, when we when I first started playing my first, you know, my first ever games of magic, it was way before the internet was really a thing. So oh, like yeah. you had to get your friends and it was this, you know, you had to gather to figure out how you're going to gather to play magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, 100%. Like, there was no internet aspect. No, no. So, I mean, like, to me, that's the big change, right? It's like, it's like, even if you take away like arena or magic online, Things have just we've just become more detached from each other. It feels like as like as like on the whole, that's sure. that's absolutely true. There's a yeah. there's a, like, there's a truth to that. And like an arena is just the uh, nerd representation of that. I think. Yeah, yeah it's I, it's funny, like what you were saying, Hatcher, about the gathering part, because uh, my story, which people know this, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But you don't know Hatcher, so my my early magic story was. When my parents got divorced, my stepfather used to run card shows with my step-grandfather, and they would rent out halls. Now, this isn't something you hear about anymore, and I don't know how how uh, popular something like this was in Canada, but every weekend that you would rent out a hall. So it was like a United Auto Workers Hall or something, and all these people from around the area would come, and it would be one big massive card show. And they would, like, statewide, they would advertise it. You know, they would say, this is going to be a big card show every Sunday, the first of the month or whatever. We would go out there, we'd sell cards, and as a kid, you know, my stepfather would give me a couple bucks here, and he'd say, you know, go ahead and walk around and buy whatever cards you want. And as a kid, I collected, you know, Power Rangers cards, Ninja Turtle, Desert Storm, like you name it. I had so many different cards. And I remember walking across this guy that had Magic the Gathering, and he's the guy that still owns the own, the LGS near me. And uh, he was dressed in a suit and tie, and he had like Power 9 up on like this black uh, little placard. And the like the Black Lotus was like 300 bucks. And he looked like a complete fool to those old guys at the card show. You know, they're like, what is this bullshit that it's like now when we see these TCGs come out and they claim that they're the next magic. Uh, that's what this guy looked like. They're like, what are you trying to sell here? But I remember I went up to him and he had alpha and beta, like just leftover stuff. And he's like, here, kid, if you want to learn about the game, have this stuff. So he gave me a box of just miscellaneous stuff. And, uh, I saw the artwork on it. It felt like this fantasy world, like games that I had played before. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dragon Strike. It was a game that TSR did that was like a tabletop game. Came with like a VHS tape and stuff. Uh, it was like early D&D board game type stuff. When they when they first went from like D&D books to like, let's put this on a board game format. Um, so when I saw that, I like really related to it. I was like, this is super cool. So the, the gathering part was us gathering together every month at that card show. And I would get cards from that guy and, or buy cards with the leftover money I had. I'd take them to school, show my friends. And then I'd find out, you know, oh, my friend found out that a store near him is actually selling the cards now. And they have a group plan. And I would find myself as a kid going to my friend's house and we would go, you know, town to town to town or house to house to house, all of our friends' house, and we would gather to play. You couldn't go anywhere else to play. 
You could play at the card shows, you could play at school, or you could play with your friends somewhere. Um, yeah. So I think that aspect is, is you know, obviously the most important part of a TCG. Actually, let me ask you something, like, related to that. Sorry, so, like, you know, I think what Jordan's saying is, you know, basically, right, like, there was no growth strategy back then for WotC, right? Yeah. The growth strategy was, let's make sure people have access to the cards and they like playing the game. Now you sit on the calls and like, that's not at all what's discussed. It is new channels of product. We're going to have 18 new SKUs. Yeah. They new think growth, that, growth right, aspects. They and, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah. They think that the issue is the, um, is the product mix versus the community. Where do you stand on that? I think we know. And, and how would you go about kind of bringing back that magic that like Jordan just highlighted? Uh, I mean, for me, obviously, what they're doing is completely inorganic. And as you said, right. you already know, you're setting me up for this because you know how I feel about what they're doing. <laughs> Dude, it's, I've seen it. It's, I've, I want you to know, I think you're the only magic YouTuber I watch. I think that's true. Well, I'm glad that you enjoy what I do, buddy. I do. I do. <laughs> you're, the, you're the only one I enjoy watching about this nonsense. It's, it's, uh, it's a frustrating thing to experience because... When I started out, like all the way back in the day, the internet had no real influence, obviously, right? You just played the right. game. We all got together and it was 100% organic growth. Magic just yep. grew where it was like, people just wanted to play it, right? The secondary market was 100% organic, which meant all the prices were based on pure play, supply and demand. That's it. The only thing that influenced the price of Magic cards was the availability of the card and it actually being played, right? So you had this scenario where it would just grow over time. They keep making new cards and they tried to find ways to bring reprints and they stumbled in some ways like Chronicles. It led to the creation of the reserve list, all these different steps. But ultimately underneath it all, they had the goal of regular organic growth. Now, I can't pinpoint the exact year that they tossed this aside. Sometime roughly in the last five years, they tossed it aside. But especially with the birth of Secret Layers, we've witnessed the complete opposite of organic growth, where Wizards has decided that now they're going to harvest profits directly from the secondary market. The most obvious example of this is Bitter Blossom. They did a Bitter Blossom Secret Layer, yeah. where there's actually only one card in it. There's four tokens that go along with it. So some people defend it as five cards, but it's one magic card and it sold for essentially the same secondary market price as like the card. So if you were going to go yeah, to just going to buy one of the retailers one. and buy it, yeah. then you can buy it from Wizards, but you get a special different edition. It comes with these tokens, but really what they're doing is they're selling you a bitter blossom directly. And this was them going, we can extract this money from the secondary market. Like they somehow deserve that money. Like they're entitled to it. Like it wasn't built up out of people playing the game, like appreciating it, wanting these cards. Like they just, they feel like they should be able to extract all of that. So instead of letting the game grow organically, they try and force it in every way possible. So instead of allowing the game, like let's just make good sets and we'll let the standard sets filter out into other formats and they'll naturally grow and whatever. Commander is now such a focus that you can see what happens when they go, okay, we're making a brand new commander for this tribe and we're making all these cards for it. And it essentially becomes a paint by number where play this deck. And on top of that, the power level of it means 
that's what's going to happen. So they basically come out and go, here you go. We're obviating all these earlier cards so that, oh, whatever, we're not worried about reprinting those or extracting the value. Instead, we're just replacing it with power creep. So they don't care about fostering growth. They care about like, we're going to hit every channel possible right down to the point where you have 30th anniversary, which is emblematic of their absolute disconnect. And oh, it's yeah, just going to get worse right now because I don't I assume you guys have heard the DMD open gaming yeah. license. Oh, yeah. Fiasco, yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is costing Wizards a bunch of money. You listen to the recent earnings report where Buddy's going on about, I'm in the hot tub drinking wine. And you're just like, okay, d and is under monetized. And it's like, oh, that's good for those guys, isn't it? It's and a then massive the disconnect. I mean, that's yeah. what you're saying. It's a massive disconnect, which is well, and what I had said before. They're going to have to ramp it up because D&D, instead of bringing more money now, has just gotten some of that cut off as people fled from their subscriptions. Oh, yeah. So Magic's going to have it amped up because it like... Wizards of the Coast has two legs to stand on, magic and D&D. &D. Right. And they have to stay standing at all times. So if this leg gets weaker, this leg has to get stronger. That's the only way it works, right? So I don't know. It's it's, it's not the greatest. Anyways, go ahead. So, so how do you go about fixing this, right? So let's, you know, I, I think, you know, the big criticism, I think the fairest criticism over the last year has been um, there seems to be some significant disconnect between the uppity ups at Watsy and certainly the LGS and the players. I mean, you know, Mark Rosewater is still there. People still tend to like Mark, right? But I mean, like, what do you think is happening and how could they fix it, do you think? I, and I would I would say that Wizards of the Coast is fractured in a number of ways, right? Obviously, okay. the biggest disconnect is going to be management from the lower level people. That is, uh, that's something that's pretty difficult to deal with, right? Because at the end of the day, the people at the top are required to get the money flowing upwards. So they're going to make those decisions. So as long as Hasbro needs so much revenue to come from Wizards of the Coast, it's like that makes what I'm about to lay out an impossibility. But if it was possible for Magic to be given a little bit of breathing room and it didn't constantly have to vomit insane, insane amounts of money, what they would need to do is reestablish some consumer trust, right? 30th anniversary was just a massive fuck you to everybody. And Wizards of the Coast is still skeezing around about it. They pulled back a number of the supplies. They said, let, let me ask you, have you seen or heard of a single LGS getting those boxes of 30th anniversary that Wizards yeah, said? Not yet. I, want, I wonder if that's because it would absolutely tank the market for them and just go, oh, these are worthless. People won't buy them in the single. Like, it would just be a sign of the catastrophe. So Wizards yeah. is just quietly going, Oh, I guess we're just, we're not going to put, they don't care that some LGS is made, because some did, some LGS has already got prepaid by people for the boxes they were going to be getting, <laughs> oh, right? And Lord. now those people are sitting there going, oh, okay, is Wizards even going to send this, right? Like, yeah. so there's all kinds of layers to it where they clearly view the Magic players as an absolute cash cow and have no respect for the customer. And it's, it's impossible to blame them because- the Magic players as a group, we look like junkies, right? Because we'll yeah. scream and carry on, but we'll scream and carry on while handing over the money. Still buying. That's the yeah. difference. Still that buying. D&D yeah. goes like this. Their arms are crossed. Yo, no, yeah. go fuck yourself. I'm not giving you shit. We go like this. Wizards, I don't like what you're doing. I don't hear. Have some money, though. I don't like this. I'll take two boxes. Stop doing that. Give me four. I hate what you're doing. Six boxes, please. Yeah. Like, so when you have that, like, I understand it now more 
from having done YouTube because every day people come and say ignorant, insane shit to me. Like they come and insult me and say crazy lies about me. There's always problems. So you can't make everybody happy. And if you look, this isn't just a problem with magic. I looked at posts for other card games. Any game that makes a post, we're happy to announce our new, like Final Fantasy, we're happy to announce our new card set. Under it is 15 different people, all with a different grievance. They're never going to let go. I'm still upset about what you did three years ago. How can you even know who to listen to in that regard? So they go, yeah. we're going to listen to the money. And so then you end up with this situation where like Commander, Commander Baldur's Gate, where they're just like, yo, let's call it Commander Legends. It wasn't a Commander Legends set. Somebody at marketing was just like, we can charge double if we change the name. Yeah, right? let's like, change the name it, and people are going to buy it. And we're not going to put yep. the reprints in it. No Jeweled Lotus. We're not going to give you Dockside. In fact, we're going to move that to the Double Masters set after that. Like, And then they got rewarded by Double Masters selling out. Everybody sitting on like greedy vampire pigs, right? They go, not oh, George, like, not George. Every store, every distributor is just like got some set aside. Distributors even say we're not going to sell them because we're holding them. And then you turn around and go, why is Wizards trying to get a thousand dollars for these cards? Because everybody just paid them five fucking hundred dollars for four <laughs> booster packs of double masters. It's like, oh, how, why does Wizards think that they'll suck the entirety of the dick? Because you already chugged it halfway down. That's why, yeah. right? <laughs> now, I noticed I a lot of this yeah. stuff started like you were saying around secret layer time i can i can tell you a specific time that might have been right before that that i remember i was turned off by magic and it was two things and they were very be saying stuff like that in your bedroom bro <laughs> they were very quick succession to each other number one is the modern uh horizon no not modern horizons modern masters release the very first modern masters release that was a time where packs were like $12, $13 and people were turned off and saying they weren't going to buy it, at least in my LGS. And I remember people doing Are what you- Are you the second one? The first Modern Masters is actually the most banger product the Wizards have made in it, years. It was the a good product, but and the, the price- No, the price, the price was super low. The price bucks. was only slightly above a regular booster. That oh. product sold incredibly well. It did so well that what happened was Wizards saw that people could immediately buy a box from LGS and flip it. And they went, whoa, 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 we screwed up. We can't we do that. a bunch of money on the table. So they cranked the prices of the- the boxes for the next set reduced the value in the boxes. So the first Modern Masters wasn't where everything went off the rails. It You're, was the second one. It was one. the second one. So and that's two where things. it went off. The, fir the first Modern Masters, my LGS, that's what I was remembering it wrong. My LGS was selling packs for $12. When they got low, they started selling packs for $20. And that was the first time I saw customers doing what you said, where they were complaining about the price, but still handing money over. Yeah, that's but it. you're absolutely right. With 2015, that was the first time I felt really, really uh, like bombed by what I bought. And I felt like I, I do not want to buy another retail magic product again, because I remember pre-order prices were like 225, 250. I knew what a guy, I, I knew a guy that LGS that got it for me for 200 and that was cheap when that came out it was those paper packs the cards oh, inside were shit so quality cards, bro <laughs> yeah the foils were shit oh the, the paper all the cards were cut weird and had did you damage hear about the dudes did you hear about the dudes who got boxes where every foil in every single pack was rusted relic because oh, wizards what they do oh, if, no. if you don't know how track printing works like a lot of people don't get this they're under the illusion that when you open a booster pack that you have an equal chance of getting this stuff but wizards prints different amounts 
of different cards and they track print them in a way to ensure that the cards they know are going to be less valuable show up more frequently. And they put a bunch of like wah wah jank bag cards in. So they print entire sheets of relic like these relics, but they're supposed to be spread out enough that it's not obvious. Then you've got chump boys who are getting these boxes where every pack, nice foil rusted relic there, just brutal. They're so greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. So let me ask you a question about something you said earlier here. So you said one of the big differences is that the D&D community said, we're done. We're not going to take it. Like we're going to stand together and kind of fight this. Right. The magic community, like, listen, I told this to my customers. You know, I, you know, I'm upfront about this. I got a few hundred boxes of Dominaria remastered collectors. I'm basically sold out at my store. That's all the customers wanted. wanted. Yeah. Dominaria remastered. I've opened Um, some. Yep. And like, and I tell people like, if, if you, you know, People ask, like, when will Wizards finally stop printing these expensive boxes? I'm like, well, when y'all stop buying them. Yeah, like, yeah. Stop selling them. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's that simple. That's that's the reality of it. Ultimately, there's a big difference between the D&D community and the Magic community. What is that right? difference? The difference is that D&D is a communal experience. Magic is a mm. social experience. D&D is a communal experience where you're all together being part of the same world and the same story. Magic has a bunch of adversarial notes to it. Can I build a better collection than you? Are my cards worth more than you? Can I beat you? I care about me and my acquisition. You don't make your decisions as a group. As a as D&D players, you make your decision as a group. What campaign are we playing? What kind of rules? Like, I mean, the DM has more of a say over that, but still, the players have a say as well, right? It's a communal thing. Magic is, it's in it's too individualized, right? D&D also isn't, isn't as big as magic too. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, it, so you have also the type of people that it appeals to. Both of them appeal to socially awkward weirdos. My people, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. just, I'm, Us. I'm, I'm, yeah. that's, I'm used to podcast strange people, right? It's just <laughs> like, I'm not socially awkward. I'm weird, but like, those are my people. So when it comes to like the differences between the game, you've got, like the purchasing habits and also the intrinsic difference is that Dungeons and Dragons does not invite addictive behavior individuals in by its nature. Magic the Gathering with its little casino boosters. Oh, little Billy, did you just crack a $50 card from a $5 pack? Oh, that makes you turgid, doesn't it? You feel the blood flowing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's yeah. undeniable. When I talk yeah. to people who have just started playing Magic, and this wasn't how it was at the beginning, but money, the money culture is baked in now. So whenever anybody tells me about their big hits, I'm like, I got card X. They always tack on the X dollar value as well. I got this mythic. It's 50 bucks. You know what I mean? So D&D doesn't have the ability for you to gamble to get ahead as well, right? Like D&D is just, we're pay- we're buying books, we're paying for this communal experience. And on top of that, one D&D player being upset is way more damaging than one Magic player being upset because that one D&D player going, I'm fucking done? All right, what happens now? Do we keep the campaign running? Do we start yeah, a new campaign? You're, you're Why pissing off here. We got to talk about this. Yep. Like you, word of mouth is huge and like silently walking away from shit is what most people do like the people who come and yell at you and clamor and whatever they can be annoying they can also be confusing but there's useful info in there because at least they're willing to tell like like i love magic right what if i just said i'm done with it and i walked instead of constantly going here's the stuff that's wrong here's what needs to be fixed people come and go you hate magic it's like bitch i love magic more than you ever fucking could 
I've played it longer than you. I spend more time thinking about it. Don't even fucking try me, son. You'll be gone in a couple of years, Johnny come lately. <laughs> I'll be here till this fucking bitch dies or I do. That's how I roll. So don't even try that. It ain't hate. It's love. That level of passion engenders the whatever criticism. Anyways, I've probably gone over long. No, no, no. I, I think no. like the way you responded to that is especially like the passion for something like that's how I felt about Genesis from the beginning. And I really, you know, what's Genesis? Genesis Battle of Champions. No Never one has anyone ever heard of that. No, um, I haven't heard of that one. So in the very beginning of Genesis, that's that's how I was. Like I was, well, still, I mean, I do a lot of videos critiquing stuff and criticizing stuff. But one thing that they've always said to me, especially Assad has said to me is, you His know, some, Sid. Sid, I always call him Assad. I, always I did too. Wrong. I did too because he constantly. won't correct you. I know. He, I he told won't. Him. I'm like, he bro, won't. you're the I'm president glad. of your own game company. If somebody's saying your He's name such wrong, such a tell nice them. guy. I felt like an asshole. I'm like, <laughs> buddy gave me a ride, called him a Sid. And I'm like, do you even know him? You're the guy giving me the ride. You don't know his name. And he told like, me, no, that's actually, his name. this like, is no, his I am a Sid. I am too nice. He's too nice to say it. Yeah. So, blows my mind. So Asid, uh, now that I can say his name correctly, um, he he <laughs> had said to me, you know, I, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the honesty. That's something we needed in our community. And I beat him up pretty bad sometimes about stuff. But you know what? Invasions has made some, with this new set and Haunted Castle Gaming as a whole, they have made some massive changes in everything. Communication, uh, marketing, the the talking about the printing, they're they're changing paper, they're changing foiling. Like they've listened to what not just I, but the community as a whole has said there are some issues that need resolved. And it feels like we are finally being listened to. And I think that's important that they don't just write, like you said, they don't just write off magic doesn't just write off the people that are the vo most vocal. There's there's a reason you're being vocal. You know, there's more people playing Magic the Gathering Arena right now. Then we'll play every new TCG combined this month, probably. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that, that's that's the rough thing for new TCGs is it's like it's it's so hard to be, like what was the game today? Like there, we just meme on games that died. Did you ever did you ever carry Light Seekers? Do you know Light Seekers? I'd heard so of it. I carried the sleeves because Distro <laughs> was blowing out the sleeves at twenty five cents a pack for the oh, sleeves. Okay, okay. Oh, so I was gonna I say. Like, so it was that, like, you know, if, I, if you want keep sleeves, here you go, boys, or a buck apiece. Go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Light Seekers were like, it was basically supposed to be an AR game, right? Right. And it looked like a dumpster fire from the outside from the get-go. And it did exactly what you would expect. Gone. And that's right. what most, that's what happens to most TCGs. Like, yeah. Lorcana is going to come swigging in with Disney's fat dong. And how they do things is going to, I'm like... Even even with that level of power behind them, carving out market share is going to be a challenge. Magic got there first, did it like did it well enough that they have this like special position, right? How do you think Magic's going to react to that, Hatcher? To Lorcana, what can yeah. what, what can they do? Like, how can they yeah. react to Lorcana? Like, Lorcana has the advantage of going, okay, let's look at let's look at the pre-existing card games. Let's take their best ideas. So Lorcana's coming out with a bundle that's pretty much the same as Magic's bundle. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like it might be a slight bit better, right? They got a gift pack as well that they're doing, which is like gift sets that Wizards used to do. They've got um, starter decks that come with the booster pack, individual booster packs. So right out of the gates, they're going to look just like the other guys. They're coming in with products you're familiar with. 
you can literally go one-to-one for magic, right? Yeah. They've got six different ink colors. Those are the colors of the game. So they're coming out with three different pre-cons that are in two of the different colors. So you got the six arrayed across all three. And then yep. you've got the fact that these mm-hmm. are based on mega fucking properties, right? You've got Aladdin. You've got uh, like just huge Disney names that have entire movies behind them. So Wizards of the Coast, like right now, their their lore is so lazy. They don't want to spend any money on any kind of story or whatever, right? Like on one hand, they're going, let's make a full on D&D movie. On the other hand, for the Magic players, they're like, let's pay eight bucks for somebody to write a terrible story that doesn't match the cards or the animation we paid for. So like, what are they going to do in response to Disney? They're too busy just trying to how to finger our asses for every dollar right now to worry about what Disney's just going to come in. Disney is going... 12 card packs they're going a foil in every pack they're going two rares mythic rares super rares they got three different rarity types yeah legendary or something so yeah so they're offering more they're offering more in their packs and they're uh they've got like a bigger a bigger property so i think that wizard strategy is straight up to just ignore them because there's nothing they can do you know that's kind of how i felt too like i think they're there's no there's not going to be any direct uh monetary response because they're already there. They're already seeing how much they can charge. It's not like they're all of a sudden going to be like, well, this might dig into our money, so we should try to raise stuff even more. Like they're already actively trying to do that. So, I think their their thing is going to be exactly what you said, ignore it. They're yeah, just going to yeah. act like it's another product out there that is there but isn't in their wheelhouse, has nothing to do with them. Um, I wonder if they're a little butthurt that they didn't get any secret layer uh, stuff from Disney. They're I wonder probably, if because they're, probably they're hurting from that. There's probably imagine. some situation where they were hoping to do some Disney magic cards and that's not going to yep. happen. Um, I, I think that was probably the case. Yeah. Um, so the, the, uh, I've always said like, I think Lorcana is the test for me of if any new TCG can last, right? Cause if Lorcana can't make it, none of these other new TCGs, I don't think have any hope. Like you're the, they're starting off with four sets a year, three languages, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Unlimited yeah. budget, it sounds like. I mean, they, this has to be costing them an absolute fortune. Yeah. So, I mean, like if they can't find a way to eat into Magic and Pokemon's market, I, I don't know who could. And it's Ravensburger. Way. It's it, Ravensburger yeah. is, I mean, they've been around what, over 100 years? I mean, that's, they're a well known game company it's not like this it's not a company that is known to fail they are a company that likes to specifically tune their games towards the play experience so they are not going to Lorcana I don't think Lorcana is actually trying to steal Magic's lunch so much I don't think think they're trying to steal Pokemon's and Yu-Gi-Oh's more right like especially Pokemon because they want to inhabit the same sort of like we're gonna have a game system but they're intentionally making it less cutthroat than Magic because they're not looking to bring in super tryhards or have the game be too competitive they want you to be able to play with your kids and everything like that right so yep i just see like magic still gonna be the i'm the elitist like i play the 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 adults card game you know well, yeah. i think you will see those people who like have that i just want to crack packs right the, the yeah. person who's just cracking packs for value there's gonna probably be some value in those lorcana packs so i think those people are the ones if i were watsy um i'd be keeping close tabs on oh, so you i know do what? think that's a gift 
that's an excellent point that I didn't consider in terms of stealing business from wizards, like flipping scalpers and stuff like that. The ones who just want to grab it and resell it. You're right. Cause wizards does definitely create products trying to like, and let me be clear, those that's things. a lot of the boxes sold is to those people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. wizards, wizards has done that to themselves though. They Absolutely. wanted to play a dangerous game where they go, okay, look, we've got all these speculators buying boxes and stuff and we want to like milk them. But at the same time, they want to milk the secondary market. And it's like, if you make everybody think that you're going to reprint every single card as soon as it bumps in value and you're constantly paying attention to this, then it's impossible for boxes to appreciate in value. And if they can't appreciate in value, you're not going to have people buying them to hold. You're only going to be able to get people to buy them for a quick flip. And if they don't see enough profit in it instantly, it just won't sell and it will languish and every set will be like a dragon's maze in terms of value and appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, and it, that's what, you know, what's funny too is a lot of these other TCGs that have come out more recently, this TCG Cryptic has done a lot of things that early Magic did. Yeah. And uh, it's it, I think it's been really smart decisions that they've made. And I, yeah. I'm starting to see other TCGs do some more similar to Magic stuff too. And I think that's because they realize early Magic, there was something special about the way that game felt. Like, I, I the, the best way I explained it to Tanner, who uh, is the person who created Cryptic, is I said, so I'm older than Tanner by like nine years. And I said, I remember, you know, before you were born, I was playing Magic. And when I was playing Magic, you'd get a tournament deck when you would go. You'd pay 10 bucks, they'd hand you a tournament deck. You would crack that tournament deck and you would play with that. And that was a fun experience because it had everything you needed in it. And you didn't know what you were going to get. Those cards were randomized. So someone might end up with a better deck than you, but you still may be able to crush them if you're an experienced player. So what Tanner did before I even mentioned any of that, obviously, his game's been out for you know a little while now. When they were creating the product, they created these little 30-card decks that were randomized. And the goal behind that was... You could just open this deck. You don't need dice to, to keep track of, you know, your health or anything. You don't need any kind of tokens. You can just sit down and play. You could take it to a coffee shop. And when he said that, that instantly, like, my 90s kid kicked in. Because I played at a coffee shop called the Brouhaha in Clyde, Ohio. That is no longer there. But I would go in with a couple bucks. I I would go in with a couple bucks. It was like a friend's coffee shop. But I would go in with my couple bucks. I would go in with my friend who lived in Clyde. His mom would drop us off there. We would have our little pre-made tournament decks. And we would just jam games out. I mean, till it was dark, till that place closed. And all hyped up on coffee and heading home to drive them crazy. And when Tanner had that product, that was what George sent to me. Because I wasn't really that interested in the game at first. But George is like, check this product out. Because I think it's something that you would like based on your experiences and what you've told me you like. And as soon as I got it and opened it up and played a game, I was like, oh, dude, I'm sold. Also I mean, do, it's also do some hack here. I mean, like what Tanner gets with crypt. I'll send you something. It's like it is an eminently playable game. It honestly, I've, I've seen like some artwork for it and it looks really like nicely done. So I've whole, I've heard only professional things yeah. about cryptic so far. Yeah, it feels yeah, very like, professional. It feels very much, it grabbed me with that 90s nostalgia. Like at first, I will be completely honest, Tanner knows this as well. At first, the 90s nostalgia thing turned me off. Cryptic with a K, the fanny packs they were selling. George, you had to like deal corn. with me. You I had know, like corn. I loved it, dude. That's why it turned yeah. me off. I'm like, I'm not 13 anymore. But in a way, but in a way... <laughs> It appealed to me because I'm sounds like fun, going, man. I love all the little the accessories thing. and stuff. So it's I'm sitting great. there thinking, why am I like, why was I picking it apart? And I realized the reason I was picking it apart was 
I was so like mentally invested in other games and I had kind of turned my brain off. And I told Tanner this, I had turned my brain off to all these other Kickstarter TCGs and everything going on. How are you like, not you know supposed what? to? It's like being in a I, war, dude. They, that's like, the TCGs thing. die every second. You're the yep. veteran in the trenches and a new one walks up. Hi, I like, <laughs> don't even tell me your name. You'll be dead before yes. you finish the fucking yes. sentence. That's, that's a how TCG. I so yeah, when a new I, one comes up, it's like, get lost. I got my friends. Yep. We don't need you, clown. I'm not wasting my energy. I get and, it. And that was stupid to do as a TCG content creator. But at the same time, I just felt like there was so much coming out that I, I didn't know Why what to trust. Why quotations that? Isn't that what you are? Are you know. mocking I look, yourself? I, did I I'm mock myself? You definitely creator. did. That's you, definitely dude. Did. Okay, I guess I guess I shouldn't quote myself. Yeah, that's what? <laughs> You're yeah, damaging so, your credibility. Like, but I think that's that's one thing. Like, it it plays very similar to Magic, but I see a lot of, I see a lot of room in this game. I see a lot of early Magic in it, as far as how how it can grow and and what can change if if they get the next couple sets right. And he has that mindset too that Lorcana has of. You know, we got to have multiple sets a year. There's all these baselines that Tanner's like, we got to hit or he knows he's screwed. Whereas he's well, not like some of these other content or some of these other TCG creators are, you know, oh, well, we're going to try this. So we're going to see this. No, you can't. You don't have fucking time to see or try stuff like it's either you're going to get it right or yeah. you're you're done. Like you don't have many chances. Tanner gets like the most important thing for new TCGs right now is to get your product is to get your um your your box count in order if you produce too many boxes and they sit on shelves for 100 years your game's just gonna die oh yeah um, people will just leave it's like you know there's nothing here <clears throat> tanner's yep. keeping his count reasonable for the market and he's trying to grow that every set and i think that's good and healthy yeah and i hope i mean i hope it does well honestly i yeah i like the game i've i've been opening a lot of it to build decks for my son and for my wife yeah we've all all three of us played the other night together which was super cool and he's the same age i was when i got into magic so it's it's like really cool to see him yeah. figure stuff out stuff. so let me ask you this Hector. like we you know last time i talked to you i would not say i would not praise you as overly bullish on new tcgs if i may be so blunt <laughs> so, um... uh, the warning that you had to put at the, uh, by the way that warning was great i absolutely <laughs> laughed at that i was like it's appropriate too it was yeah absolutely I, I almost took it to use it myself i'm like i'm gonna use this separately that's great <laughs> um so a, I'm assuming that position has not changed. We're not, we're, you're not, you know, nobody's in the same universe still. Is that, that's my hunch. I'm assuming that's your hunch as well. Is that right? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. like I, I hear positive things. Like I hear that flesh and blood's doing a good job of bringing people in and playing at events and that's good, right? Like, Hey, that's cool. People are doing that. I hear the numbers. It's like this many people watch the event and whatever. It's like, that's great. Like you're pulling in some numbers. That's good. You know, MetaZoo's still doing stuff. They sent me some fun Christmas stuff. They're doing, they're doing their thing. But like in terms of moving into the realm of the big boys, no, I, I, how, how close. would they even possibly do it? Right. Yeah. Like, like the amount of money you have to bring to the table, the amount and, and even money, money is just one of the requisites. So it's like those games well, can carve out a place for themselves, but they're never going to move. Lorcana is the level of like maybe a contender and it will take years for them to even establish if that's yeah. going to be the case. Right. I, I so, think yeah. a lot of these games are seeing, well, a lot of them cropped up during the, you know, the 2020 boom during COVID. So I think we've seen a lot of them that are expecting to just like go to the moon. 
Like they're just expecting to like, we're going to be here. We have this big evaluation. We have all these in investors. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Just wait. It's going to be quicker than you think. But it took Magic 30 years to get to this point. And Magic is still not a household name. I could tell, I'd go to like oh, sure. my cousin's house and I could be like, you want to play Magic? I, like a few of my family members, they would be like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, what yeah. is try, Magic? Yeah. Like, try telling somebody you're clue. a Magic YouTuber, bro. <laughs> try telling them <laughs> right. that. They'll just be like, what's YouTuber. that? And I'll be like, you you know how you do you, yeah, know how you always lead them there? Yeah. Do you know how you always lead them there? Because otherwise they'll think I talk about magicians. Hey, I'm letting yeah. a bird out of my ass. Yeah. You always go, hey, do you know the Pokemon card game? That's how it, the conversation wow. always goes. Yeah, and then you lead it from there and go, magic's like a more adult and way more expensive version of Pokemon. That's funny that you say that because that is true. Like I That's know that is. I personally have explained to people one of two ways that have you ever heard of Pokemon or I say it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but with cards, like yeah, just to, one, just to try to explain it to them. That what, one what it's can like. work too, but the Pokemon yep. one gets instant recognition and it should, it should clue people in because people, some people want to act like magic isn't a kid's card game, but it is. We all started playing it as kids. Oh, it's not kids, some yeah. super adult, like we're building, oh, we're building a space station on Mars and we're pretending <laughs> to be wizards, right? Like, so yeah. it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Do you think new TCGs should even strive to kind of be in this conversation or do you think that's kind of uh, a waste in their time and a misallocation of resources? The, uh, your sound cut out for a second, so I didn't oh. get the whole question. Do you do you think? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're okay, good. good. Do you think new TCGs should um, even strive to kind of be in that realm, or should that is that like is that so far crazy they shouldn't even think about it at this point? I I mean to to start with like you've got to have big ambitions to create a TCG game in the okay. first place, right? Like you have to want a certain level of market share, but to believe that you're going to be you can't be a big guy until you're a little guy. And almost everybody dies before becoming a little guy. Yeah, they so, try to skip that part and, and jump ahead. Like yeah, Trying to manipulate the secondary market and control yeah. it and whatever. Like a, a good health line for games, I find, one of, the, one of the metrics I use is, are LGSs willing to, to have a buy list for this game? So if I go and look around at buy lists, right? So I've looked around. What If you go by the buy lists in my area, all the different stores in this rough geographic region, it goes like this. Flesh and Blood has done well enough that not only are they on the buy list, I've seen that they will buy, like, for example, the History One. They're, they're looking for 100 some odd different cards, not just the most expensive ones. They're yeah. willing to buy some low level stuff off you too. We're looking for these nickel and dime cards because people want them. So they're selling through the commons and uncommons to the level where it's worth it for them to spend the time and money to restock all that as well. That amazes so, me that that white border stuff is that popular in Flesh and it's, Blood. That's, it's amazing. It, it, I don't know what the popularity of it is. I assume other ones are more expensive. I'm just giving you an example. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing itself. to me yeah. that you're saying that that's happening in your so, area. So, I mean, I was looking at a couple of days ago to curiosity. So Flesh yeah. and Blood is currently on buy lists metazoo isn't at all and when i talked to my one because i have i have a bunch of friends who own lgs i'm friends with everybody who owns lgs in the city pretty much because they're all people i came up with anyways right sure. so talking to the one and i'm like yo do you carry metazoo and he started laughing he's like i dumped all that stuff as fast as i could that game's a scam i, I won't touch that with a 10-foot pole so like there is a massive different sentiment. Now, 
I I have MetaZoo. I play around with it. I'm I'm in the, I'm not like you know MetaZoo is a scam myself, but I also sure, sure. I don't think that MetaZoo is going to be the like the next Pokemon or anything like that, right? People are having fun with it. I've seen that. It's not it's not like made up on the internet where it's just right. like I've met people in real life who play MetaZoo. I know yeah. people who went into one the one guy's LGS, not the guy who said MetaZoo is a scam, but another LGS that never carried MetaZoo in the first place, who actually introduced me to MetaZoo by tossing a pack at me and going, yo, check out this terrible game. You can have fun making fun of it. Like that was my introduction to MetaZoo. So it, it depends on the game and everything, but I say don't have ambitions to be Magic the Gathering. Have ambitions to be like, uh, what is it? Weeb Schwartz. Why Schwartz? Why Schwartz? Whatever, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If you can stick around for years, you're winning. You're printing money. If you have a card game and people are buying it, you're printing money. So like there's a level where you can totally get by and do well, but trying to be the king, you're not going to make so, it. And you shouldn't want to be the next Magic the Gathering. You should, you should want to differentiate yourself from not only that company in its entirety, but in your product, like what you're trying to do should be something special. Richard Garfield didn't come out and say, I'm going to be the next whatever, whatever, you know, he made a game that he thought was going to be fun, that he enjoyed, his friends enjoyed, and it became what it was. So that's another part of that natural growth. You can't just shove it down people's throats. That's one thing I think MetaZoo really had going for it in the beginning, and I hope it continues to, they made a lot of changes that I can actually say I'm glad to see, because um, I'm not the biggest MetaZoo fan. I was for a while, but some things happened, and I, I just I don't care as much about the game. What I do care about is I love the cryptid idea. It was such a cool idea. It was so unique. It was something that really took a lot of forethought, and I think the original uh, pitch for that game, the original people that wanted to create that game had the best intentions in mind. And I think that that theme is is very, you know, attractive to a lot of people, especially kids. You know, when I take my kid, we go to West Virginia, we went to the Mothman Museum. Like, it's fun to hit all these little cool cryptid places while you're traveling around the country. Um, you don't like that, George? No? You should not be going to West Virginia under any circumstances, but continue. <laughs> Like, I have no idea why anybody would go to West Virginia, I'll be honest. Well, so like I said, we went for the Mothman thing. But yeah, I, I just think that card games have to have that that something special. And I think I think MetaZoo does. But I think trying to jump to these million-dollar tournaments and all this stuff that you see these companies do, it, it just it feels a lot of times like they're trying to grow too big, too fast. No. And like you said, Hatcher, they're going from being a little guy and skipping that completely and just wanting to be up here with the big dogs. But you want to be different. You want to differentiate yourself. I, I think like the, the biggest thing I tell people is like during 2020, during like the booms, the whole thing was we don't want to be force of will, right? Even when you talk to like Ugh. the people who were involved oh, yeah. in the game, they're like, please don't be force of will. That's our they know that's the thing we have to avoid. Now I think they'd all chop off the right arm to be force of will, <laughs> right? Because Orson like, Will made some terrible choices, though. Let's be real, dude. The absolutely. Ghost the, the but like, Ghost in the around. Shell stuff made me so mad. Sure. I got, did you see that stuff? So did I don't see? know anything about Force, Force of Will. I've heard of it, but I Force don't know Will, anything about that game. Force of Will is like your anime waifu Magic the Gathering. Weep and stuff. the game system itself, bro, they separated the lands into a separate deck. So you don't end up getting land screwed. The game 
play was fun. I played it. I enjoyed it. I played it with my lady. She had, she had um, like a Peter Pan deck and I had this crazy combo deck because the game was busted. You could do dumbass nonsense. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was like fun, but then they just started to get greedier with the choices they were making. And like, yeah. you have to have a commander style J ruler for the game. You have to have it. They had like two, you get two of them in a box, but then they started going, oh, no, you know what? How about instead you have to buy like three booster boxes to get one? And it's like, yo, 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 what? Right? And then they went, how about Ghost in the Shell? And I got a box of Ghost in the Shell and I opened it up, right? And instead of beautiful, big-titted anime waifus and ripped ab <laughs> sand warriors and crazy little nani cat yeah. people and shit, you know what was in there? Straight up fucking screen grabs from the shitty ghost in the shell netflix wow. show. and like not even good like they didn't make good choices right it was the most i've never seen more lazily slapped together fucking shit right and that for me i'm like i paid for this i fucking paid for this <laughs> yes i was got livid me. i was <laughs> livid and then the force of will group at my um the game store i went to they started getting angry and angry at the game choices were being made and they all stopped playing. They're like, we're not buying cards anymore. I'm not playing. I'm only making my own cards. And it was just done. It just died. So your, your commander style character, you needed one out of three boxes that actually hinders you from playing the game. If you were like buying a box, right? If you bought the box and wanted to just crack a box and build a deck, you would be able to do that with previous force of will sets, but you couldn't do it easily was, going forward is that kind of what i'm hearing it's like imagine imagine magic sets where in like okay we got a magic set we're only going to put two legendary creatures in the entire booster box right so you're only going to get two legendary creatures in your entire booster box oh wait now here's what we're going to do instead the legendary creature you get it when you buy three boxes it's not one okay. of every three boxes yeah. buy three boxes and we'll then you it. get it yeah that's right? that's like, crazy that's it, insane yeah. yeah it was just it was so greedy where it's like bro people like they had a secondary market where people would buy the Uber rares for like a hundred dollars or more. I got one and immediately sold it. It was a hot potato to me. I'm like, I'm sorry. If it's not magic and you've got a high value on some super, <laughs> yeah, rare, I'm like, it's oh, gone. Get it, get it's it. gone. Like yeah. magic, magic and other card games are like a $10 magic card is a $10 magic card. A $10 card in any other game <laughs> is four bucks two bucks what can you get what can you give me what do you have in your pocket right now yeah. got, what give me buttons and a dollar i here you know what i mean yep. like i think we've all been in that situation they, yeah they're yeah. all just yeah. a fucking yeah, house yeah. of cards built on quicksand and they're sinking in there like, oh god let me get a couple of bucks out of this yep. i put so much into it right like well i mean like I told us everybody. I think like the COVID pricing for all these games have just wrecked everybody. Bubbled because bubbled. like yeah, the bubble burst and like and nobody wants to admit it. You can see all these games like hold, you can see a lot of a lot of the collectors holding on for dear life. You're like Flash no no no, what? it's going back up. It's going back up. Yeah, Flash it'll happen. Just worst. give it time. Give it twenty, give it 30 years. Maybe. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Flesh and Blood had the biggest bubble I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, dude, it was like, huge. I didn't even know what the game was, and I have all these people coming into my streams and stuff, going, "Bro, Flesh and Blood, Flesh and Blood," and I'm looking at it and I'm going, "Yo, yo, have you guys ever heard of tulips? Like, are we the Dutch <laughs> right now? Because like." holy shit, like, you're going, yeah, check out these cold foils. And I'm like, $1,000, $1,000 from this game. How do you justify this? Well, it's like magic's, nope, stop right there. You don't get to do that. Card games don't get to connect to other games and go, oh, it's like this it's game. Like this, That's yeah. not how it works. It's also like, you know, you can buy 20-year-old magic boxes for less than $1,000 still. Yeah. 
No, it's, yep. it's insane. It's insane. So the prices on it were out of control. And people were telling me, you don't know, you're going to miss out. And I'm like, you are like, get your money out. You well, are I, out of your mind. I got Where out of the were you? Where were you when I was doing this? That's my wife. <laughs> me and you, we now have beef. I want you to know that. You didn't know me. That's your I, That's fault. on you. That's you on you. You didn't find sorry. my sage wisdom. I helped Louie, didn't I? And you told me last time that I told you the way. So I would have. You just didn't find me. That's true. That's on me. That's I on got me. out of the quicksand and George can, George knows this. So I, I pulled one of those, uh, Holy grail flesh and blood cards. Um, so that, old. yeah, it was, it was at the time I pulled it, it was worth like four grand and, Ooh. uh, yeah, it was worth like it. Well, it had been what, how can sure any Cold new fucking was like, card game have a card? How, how yeah, is that? How is that? It's possible? insane. So That's I pulled that possible. card. Right. And I had listed it and I had said like, you know, Hey, four grand, anyone wants to buy it? No one said anything. I was like, okay, three grand. And then people are like, well, you're getting a little too low on that. And then I was like, then I was like, I I swear (laughs) to God. And then I was at like two grand and I messaged George and I said, someone just offered me two grand for it. And he's like, take it. Take yeah, it immediately. Yeah, yes, take it. Yes. Are you no, no, kidding you know? me? So I immediately sold it, and I had sold a bunch of my other cards. I think I ended up making like four grand off my entire yeah. collection. People um, are fucking yeah, idiots. It was dude. it was crazy. People it was insane, man. When well, it comes like, to cards, like yeah. I sold singles for years, and I had them in a fucking display case at the store, and fucking morons would come in and be like, "Hey, man, uh, guess what? That dirt weevil that you have marked at forty dollars, it's fifty dollars now." Oh, is it? Well, do you want to buy it for 40? No. Well, notice how it's not selling for 40? Yeah. I guess it's not $50, is it, asshole? (laughs) So why don't I move it the fuck up to 50 where it's not going to sell, you dumb son of a bitch? I'm the one selling the cards. Shut your mouth to buy them. I don't need your advice, genius. Just so you know, this card that won't sell at 40 is worth 50. Do you know math? Do you understand reality? That's why it's there. A random website said it's worth 50. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. If you won't put the fuck... If it's if it's worth fifty dollars, then it'd be a free ten dollars for you to buy it for forty, wouldn't it? But no, you don't want to do that. Guess it's not yep. fifty, right? Or you're a moron. Do you not like free money? Yeah, or they Guys get mad. Crazy. Like they, I worked at GameStop for over ten years, and it's very similar to when people trade cards. And you'd come in with a fifty dollar game that you played twice, and they'd go, you know, I'm like, I can give you twenty cash for it, and they're like, twenty cash? I just paid sixty for that N64 game or whatever. I'm like, Wait, they gave you twenty. Well, this was back in the day. This, I mean, oh, we're I talking. When I, I said I worked there, bucks. no, two when I said I worked there for ten game. years, I started in like two thousand. So we're we're talking early video games. But um, that's when that's when GameStop actually used to pay some money. But either way, my point is, you know, people come in there expecting that they're going to get this gob of money, and it's like, no, they need to make money too. And an LGS usually gives you, you know, a good percentage store credit. Are you, you a know? GameStop apologist? Oh no, dude, I hate GameStop. I absolutely can't <laughs> say that. That is not my they, experience. They, no. they deserve Dude. to accrue money from their terrible practices where they undercut no. you I, I was I not expecting to hear I that. I cannot like, stand GameStop. Wait, the you whole just time did. I, you I just did. I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying George, to. George, George. I, I heard it. I heard it. Okay. I got you. I got right. your back. I'm trying to when defend you the LGX. And using GameStop wasn't maybe a good way to do that. He's going to edit this part out later. No, man. He's literally defending GameStop. They deserve. They got to make money somehow, They got to make money, too. GameStop. No, but, you know, the LGS, like, people just don't think about that. They bring in a dual land, you know, and they're like, hey, give me 400 bucks because that's what this goes for. The LGS is going to be like, like, dude, I'll give you a 50 bucks for it. Like, I'm not oh, giving you so $400 in cash. And we're the highest in them. We're the highest in the area. by. Oh, you mile. do half in cash. We, we do 
That's cash. really good. That's or crazy. Yeah, because a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, a lot of places will be like twenty five percent cash, and you're like, well, I, I mean, like you know, we yeah, we, we only we only do magic <laughs> and Pokemon that way, obviously. I mean, like you know, it's just like you can sell them fast. Yeah, sure. Well, that's sell, the point. You know, people don't understand, out. right? They're just thinking of from their perspective. The number of people who tried to sell me a collection where they'd be like, "Okay, so we looked it up, and this collection's worth a thousand dollars," and you're going through it, and you're like, "These people went on like Star City Games and totaled yeah. up like yes. the full price of every common and uncommon." Yeah. And I go, "Here's yep. the thing." I don't want to insult you, so I can't make an offer on this because right. they're like, it's worth a thousand. We're thinking seven hundred, and I'm looking at this going, I'll give like in my head, I'm like, I'd give you thirty bucks for this because I don't know <laughs> if I can make any money off yeah. this. Like, no, I'm I mean, gonna have to bulk well, the whole box. The time it's gonna take me, like, I'm sorry. So I just say, I don't want to offer you anything. You're going to be insulted when I offer you like four percent of what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you know, the old the old joke is like you never buy a car they don't think is near mint, you never sell one the customer thinks is near mint. I mean, you know, every <laughs> every card you buy, it's like oh pristine PSA ten if you would. Yeah, grade everything's it. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, then they you go to tell you're like oh my god, like you know this thing has seen a butterfly. Are you kidding me? The thing's a PSA one. I can't buy it for anything close yep. to ask. Yeah, it's like yep. well, come on, the, man, the you got to help me out a little bit here. They're like, yo, um, let me ask you a question. Are you factoring in the fact that you, like, you could get $1,000 for these if you can find someone to buy every single every card. card in here at full price? You're on crack. Like, you genuinely <laughs> yeah. don't understand reality. Yeah, you don't get it. You're out of your mind. Like, imagine trying to do that with a big bag of shoes. And it's like, just right. buy, these, buy these shoes off me and go and sell them. What are you talking about? You're some clown off the street, bro. Like, take what you can fucking get. If you want, the, if you want 70%, you're going to have to sell full time. Welcome to your new job. Your and new I remember job is selling this box of cards. I remember people doing that shit back when all we had to look at was a Beckett. You, you know, you had yeah. a paper book and it's even worse now with the internet because even like I went to a swap meet with a buddy of mine and uh, they're, they're selling God knows whatever, you know, and I uh, used to collect coins. So I saw that they had some mercury dimes and I asked the guy, I said, uh, how much are these mercury dimes? He said, five bucks a piece. I said, that's too high. I'll give you two a piece. He said, nah, nah, they sell all day on eBay for five bucks. I want to be like, bitch, you're not on eBay. Like we're, we're here <laughs> outside in Ohio in a field. And you're selling me coins. Like I have $2 right here to give you, or I could just go home and not give you $2 for that. But like eBay doesn't matter. But that's the thing now is people go to, what is it? 130 point people go to, to track all the, the eBay sales. Like there's all these things you can go to, to find out what something's worth. And it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's made the whole situation even worse. I think, no, I'm glad we're, you know, we're ending where we started. I mean, to me, like that is like the biggest difference in magic when we played versus now i you know when we opened a pack nobody thought about value it was no they were worthless everything i told you i told you we threw away arabian nights cards when we would have we'd have a play set and we just tossed the rest what what did you what would you do with it you know i tried to write my name on my library of alexandria right like (laughs) legit I went like gronk up with the, with the pen, but the pen was out of ink. So somewhere out there, there's a library of Alexandria with a big line. That's the start of Mike. Cause I was just, if you have it, send it to Hex, he'll pay you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's a trip. But yeah, I mean, that is, that's true, George. Like that's a big shift. I mean, to me, that is the, and it also goes to what we started with, with like this idea of the gathering changing, because if you're no longer talking about how you can deck craft around that card, and now you're talking about, should I sell it? Should I buy another one? 
Yeah. It, it changes the dynamic of the group that you're in in a pretty negative way, I would argue. Yeah. Like, because yeah. now you're not talking about the game. Attracts. You're not hanging out with friends. You're, 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 pardon my language, I guess with you, doesn't matter. You're dick measuring. <laughs> Right. Well, you you are, and it takes. That's why I before I got into flesh and blood. Now I'm not into flesh and blood, but when I was in it for a while, the reason I got into magic was or back into magic because I've done this a million times, like all magic players. But when I got back into magic, I was like, I'm going to play commander. I had a bunch of people I was playing with. It was a lot of fun. Then we all, you know, had kids. Life went on, and I'm sitting here with all these magic cards, and I'm building decks over and over again, and then not playing them. Like, I'm just, a new set comes out, I replace cards, I'm not playing it. New set comes out, same thing. I kept doing that. So I just was like, I'm getting rid of this stuff. I, I'm not even into it anymore. Then the whole cycle came back and I'm into it again. But um, I guess, like, you know, what you're saying, George, is when you have all those cards and you tie a value to it versus the the value that you could have playing with your friends, it yeah. changes the game. It really does because it makes it like, this stuff's worth a thousand dollars sitting on my shelf. Why do I have it sitting there if I don't get to play with anyone anymore? And back in the day, we didn't have an outlet to sell those cards. We couldn't have just right. grabbed that deck and easily said, give me a thousand dollars for this. And now every, everyone and their brother has a buy list on the yeah. internet or an LGS. So, so Hector, is, is there a way to bring that back? Do you think is there a way to bring it back to the gameplay or is it like, or like, you know, once, once the horse has left the stable, it's out of the stable. Right. I mean, like, or is that where we're at? Do you think? I mean, the thing about the financial side of it is it's it's become an easy way for people to exchange cards. So that's never going to go away now. That part right. is baked in. Uh, Wizards' level of emphasis on that, really. Like, oh, Wizards has tried to keep it like a really moneyed game and tried to not let cards really become super cheap and accessible. It's been somewhat of a side effect because of the collector boosters they've been creating, but I don't yeah. believe that was an intentional like it's decision. Definitely not intentional. Right? <laughs> so like they're they're what it would need to be is wizards would need to focus if wizards returned to focusing on standard being the proper entrance to magic and being like yes. reasonably yep. priced, that kind of stuff, focusing more on the gameplay side of it rather than trying to like get card prices as high as possible on the secondary market, keep them that way, and then use that as justification. Like reprint sets are the biggest signal of how magic does things, where the idea of reprint oh, sets isn't to get them into people's hands and make it cheaper and more accessible. The idea is to get it into people's hands for as close to as, like the secondary market valuations as they can, extracting as much, like they literally have multiple people probably, I mean, I can't prove it, in their employ, economists, accountants, whatever it is, who whenever they're making a set, they have a spreadsheet and it's like, eh, you've gone over the dollar valuation you're allowed to use for a set. This is the threshold when we're doing reprints of these values, the set has to be worth this much. Like that should not be a consideration. But they it totally much... does seem like that with the way you see sets come out at you. Like it totally, no, it, it's I, you can see fact. that happening. Yeah. It's a stated fact. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast literally will not release these reprints in cheaper sets anymore. That That's not like speculation. That's been gotcha. stated by people who work for the company. So it's unfortunate that that's the point we're at. So ultimately it would take a fundamental shift at the company to instead of looking at every way, like instead of being focused on the secondary market, be focused on the play experience because they're very much focused on the secondary market because Hasbro's breathing down their throat every, every night and day. Well, for sure. And with standard, it's even more pressure for like, 
I, I don't understand what, what this loss of standard was. And I, I it seems to me, and maybe I'm saying something that everyone already knows, but it seems to me like with Arena becoming more popular, like Wizards just treated that as a replacement for standard. Because they I used to be... Yeah, like I used to be excited to go to pre-releases. I was excited to do that. I was excited. I would call my friends that I haven't met up with in, you know, four or five months. And I would say, hey, uh, are we down to do this, Dave? Are we going? Are we going here? Yes, I'll meet you seven o'clock. That's when the pre-release starts. We don't do that anymore. Like it's it's just you'd get there and there was no one there. There were barely any people that wanted to sign up. So you wouldn't even have enough people. And then he's like our LGS guys in the back going, hey, are you on break? Do you want to come play? You know, like. They're trying to right. find people to come and play just so you had enough to run the tournament. And uh, that's really what what's killed a lot of the excitement off for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I uh, it's it, the, the thing about Standard and what they've done is originally Standard was the gateway. You start playing, you get into Standard. Wizards didn't worry about formats like Modern or Commander or anything like that because the nature of Standard would supply new cards to these formats and they would grow and change based on that so the idea was as long as they were focused on providing a good standard experience the rest would take care of itself yeah. and it very much did right and so then they're just like okay we want to change how we're doing this we want to look at these other formats see how we can extract more like modern doesn't have enough rotation in it right like we get to keep selling people stuff from standard we want to force rotation into modern so we'll start making modern horizon set that put cards directly in there and are powerful enough they can't be ignored ragavan a prime example good luck ignoring ragavan right so yeah. Ragavan's marauding around. He's $150 foil, whatever it is, man. And they spun that up at a whole cloth by just going, we want to shake up modern. Now, is this good for the format? No, it's awful for the format. The whole thing that people pick formats like that because of their stability, because it was a natural progression. You build your collection in standard. Oh, it's going to rotate. You move into older formats. But Wizards is like, no, we don't want that. We want like we want to shake it up. But it has diminishing returns because then you damage the format. And then they yeah, and it's, it's done good for this. It's done good for the, top, the pocketbook. But short term, the yeah, pandemic, that's... the pandemic comes along and they go, hey, all game stores, you're going to lose your WPN status if you don't get enough people coming in. Yeah. How do you register the people coming in? The only way to do that is to get them to come and play arena. So they pulled everybody onto arena and they basically cannibalized standard and just went, Oh yeah, by the way, we're kicking, getting rid of the pro tour, or replacing it with arena one or whatever, but yeah, we're not going to was... get into it. Like they just butchered it. That was so rough because I took my, uh, I, I went and um, went with my brother and my son and a few other friends when they did the, one of the last big magic things in Cleveland and I probably would have been 20, 18 i'm guessing and uh then right off right off of that 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 was the announcement of you know hey we're gonna be kind of cooling down on a lot of these in-person events and all the stuff we had planned when covid hit then it seemed like they just took that as an opportunity to be like nope we're done with this we don't see any reason to continue doing it yeah they made a run to go yo we're just gonna kill the pro tour altogether because they're like we don't want to spend the money plus the pros are too yak 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 so why don't we create this arena league where we fool people into thinking that you can actually become a pro and we'll muzzle every pro with a contract that literally says they can't disparage us. Yeah. So that's what they did. And they, that's why there was no real path into the pro league because they just wanted to be like, you can be a pro. And people were like, how? Oh, what, whatever. We'll pick you maybe. <laughs> you know? We'll figure it out. <laughs> it was, It'll it was, happen. So Mark Rosewater said that the rise of the machine, I think it is. Margin machines, yeah. Margin machine. The, you know what yeah. I'm saying. There is going to change the entire story. 
any any big predictions as to what happens? Yeah, my prediction is this. They're going to de-emphasize planeswalkers and say going forwards, all the planes are kind of connected so anybody can go anywhere. And that way they can take any characters they want, put them anywhere, and they're going to de-escalate the importance on planeswalkers. You can already see them even being planeswalkers doesn't matter as much when you look at the D&D set. Boo and Minsk, that's a guy in his hamster. He's not a fucking planeswalker. He's yeah. not even a wizard. Guy he's, a wa- he's a ranger with a hamster. <laughs> yeah. And he's just a planeswalker. He has no magic planeswalking. Like when they do gods or whatever. So my prediction is that's all it's going to be. How do you and feel they, about that change? Uh, because wizards because wizards just half-ass the story, what difference is it going to make? Like It oh, just means that they can ultimately it probably is going to be more fun because they can just take whoever and put them wherever and most people don't sadly most people don't give a shit about the lore and partially that's on wizards for doing a piss poor job of it, well right? i mean like you know so tanner from cryptic did a great job i'll send him to you he has comics mm-hmm. and there, if you want to know the lore of cryptic you read these comics that's yeah, cool it started like as that. a comic book right. series that he decided to turn into the problem a tcg uh, the, the yeah. problem i have with magic is if you want to understand the magic you have to have four different formats somebody has to explain it to you no they have there's no word you know no, they don't tell you where to start that used and, to be standard that used to be standard yep. but you're right there is no jumping in point that's obvious anymore. right and like you know I think they if they if I were wizards and they wanted to focus on lore, I would frankly like do like a beginner's guide because that's what people need. You know, I'm not going to read 30 years of lore at this point. Are you kidding me? I'm just never going to read it. <laughs> yeah, nobody is. Nobody is. Right. Well, they used to do that. They'd give you that little book. And that's the one thing I like about cryptic no, is they give you that little... anymore. Well, no, 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 you're, you're right. You're right. But that's one thing I liked <laughs> about cryptic was in that little box. It had the rules and it had a little background story yeah. thing, just kind of telling you what, what the game is about, why this game even exists, like who the creature or who the characters are type of thing. Like, I, I love that. When I bought that Tempest uh, tournament deck way back then, you got this, you'll never get this again. But you got a little book that was like 50 pages and it had like Gerard in it. It had like all the characters and told you all the backstory and basically what was going on in that set. Yep, and yep. and rather than cool, release like I have those. Yeah, I, oh, I cool. still have a few of them, too. And rather than release that like that story on the Internet, like do it on the Internet, but also maybe include some of that in the package. Like that way, when people are waiting in between rounds or whenever they're doing what they can just have something little to look through to learn a little bit. They have to take the movie. In my opinion, they have to take a movie or a series seriously yep. if they want to take lore seriously. Yeah. The problem is that costs money. Yeah. It's but exactly. It's exactly true. They don't. They don't want to spend the money to get the job done well. So they hire whoever they can get to write whatever lore, and the person who's doing it isn't being paid enough to bother going back and caring and making sure the continuity is good. And the people reading the story of Wizards. They're not even paying attention. I promise you that because I've read some of the stories where it goes, hey, there were six of these. And then it talks about, oh, two are dead. And then there's two left. And you go, six minus two equals two, huh? Okay, that's how that works. (laughs) We're just straight up missing people. You're not going to cover it. And you're just like, what are you doing? Like, they don't even bother with their own consistency internally in one tiny story. So it's... And what happened with the Netflix series? Wizards either needs to commit to lore or just stop. Right, like I, I, they keep dabbling in lore. They tried to stop, actually. I don't know if you know this. But oh, like, I did. I didn't. After, after, um, actually, because of the what was it, the, the War of the Spark novel, 
was yeah. so insulting that I literally refused to read it. I started to read really? it. And after like one or two chapters, I put the book down and I said, I'm not reading this. It's so bad. What happened is, and it took a while to uncover this, but the book wasn't finished. They hired two different people to write the book and they only had the se second half ready to go when the book was supposed oh to be published. God. So they published the book starting from the second half. So Nip Mizzet's already fucking dead and his spirit's talking to Ugin. And then you've got Teo and he's talking about how much he loves toilets and talking about animal farts. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not fucking doing this. And I just put the book down. And so that and the second part enraged all of the all of the lore people. Yeah. And wizards literally buried, like the Theros novel, the Theros book was completely written. And it was written by the same guy who wrote the first two. Now I wanna say the guy who wrote the first two said, that it was writing by committee, basically. So his hands mm -hmm. were tied. He had to include wow. like 40 different characters because War of the Spark. So I don't blame him for the garbage writing or what I blame Wizards. This is 100% their fault. So it went so badly that instead of releasing the Theros book, they said, we're not going to sell it. We're going to, they gave 16 sentences. Elspeth got in a bunch of fights and won them all. And that's basically the story they gave. And they left it at that. And then from that point on, for like Dominator United and like some other, well, not Dominator United, for, they basically just tried to do like little blurbs and go, we're not really writing a story. Maybe you'll get a couple article pages. Like they totally just went, they got wow. rid of the magic story page. Even they said magic story's done. And they just like, really, went, yeah. Oh, they, they 100% tried to bail on it. And then See, they I didn't realized realize it affects that. their bottom line. It does. Was, was that, you think why they got rid of the Netflix series too? That and money. The Netflix series I haven't heard is canceled. Uh, They've well, I, I, I haven't either, but I'm guessing because they just canceled all these projects. Like They've games swapped and... it over to different producers. I've heard gotcha. like things are getting moved around at Netflix as well. So I don't know. You could be right. It could actually be deep sixed already and gone. Yeah. Wizards is not I just a very assumed, I guess. Company. Yeah, I just assumed since we hadn't it, heard anything and we saw all this other video game stuff get asked. It was supposed to come out last year, but they could surprise us. They could pop it out. The question is, will there be too much of their like their they're still very much agenda pushing and you can see it in the lore they've written for magic. Like they change what they're doing on a whim and it's all based on what can we sell now with no care to internal consistency, anything making sense. They'll change characters. They'll have you Nissa and Nissa and Chandra building up this romantic tension. Nope. Guess what? She actually Chandra's into Gideon. People freak out. Well, let's okay make some art we're there together check it out we uh okay is this okay now we put them on a card together like they're just yeah. when wizards wants to create some hubbub my guess is they do a leak somebody go take a picture of a couple yeah. of these yeah, cards from yeah. the upcoming set yep. make it a little blurry go that's, do it in the back room nobody true. can recognize and then some dumb bastard like the magic story and will take it and run down the field with it <laughs> and you better believe i will son Listen, man, it's been absolutely fantastic talking with it's been you. Great. Um, it's it's not only been a good time getting to talk with you because I've watched you for years, but uh, a good time just chatting with other people about you know where we got started. And I'm not good we... enough anymore. <laughs> that that You're... was that was hey, the code. Hey, 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 don't don't interrupt him sucking me off right now. Yeah, bro. right. That's what I'm here for. This is what he needs. When you're a bigger YouTuber, it's like yes, bottom feeder, suck my no. toes. No, suck I, my uh... toes. Do it in front of everyone. You're honored to have. I me was here, in Canada. I could have done wreck. that if you asked, but you didn't ask when I was in Canada. <laughs> you messed um, out. He would have paid you, hacker. That's all I'm gonna yeah, tell you. I would have paid you. No, but if I was going to ask you to do anything, it would have been to go get me some sauce for that sad chicken sandwich that I oh. mushed that banana into. You were God. there to witness my depression. 
He literally did. He put a banana in a chicken sandwich and ate it because the food at the Genesis Championship was so god awful. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I paid for that food it too. It was so oh. bland. It was uh, so bland. It was yeah. like it was a it was it wasn't cheap. I bet he paid a No, those had to be expensive. It was a big sandwich with two chicken breasts on it. The most yeah. bland, flavorless chicken I've ever had. The balsamic, yep. I don't know if it was painted on there, just the bread was brown <laughs> or something because I couldn't taste it. So I literally had to take a piece of a banana and I put it on top just begging the gods for some <laughs> kind of flavor. But they don't merge. Take it from no, me. They, don't they put don't, don't put banana no. in the middle of a chicken sandwich. Not going to lie. Sad banana friend. mush. It was you sad. didn't you didn't have a choice though, and it was fancy food. So yeah, uh yeah, strong. I knew I had a feeling it wasn't gonna taste good when I saw it. I'm like, this is fancy food. This is gonna I see yeah, I saw the menu and I was like, I couldn't see the ingredient list, and I was like, I'm so picky. So I went to the website and looked it up and looked up all the ingredients to figure out which one I was gonna get picked that one. And then when it came to ordering for the dinner, it's like, hey, if you have any food allergies, let us know. And I'm like, you didn't even tell me what was in lunch. <laughs> You didn't even tell me what was in lunch, right? And now you're asking me about food allergies for dinner? I might already yeah. be dead. I yeah, might before. already be dead. Right? Well, I know that was one thing that when they asked us to fill out, they, they sent this thing on the Discord and they were like, hey, let us know what we could do. And I guess food was like right up there. The pizza <laughs> was good, but the, the oh my, like that yeah. chicken, I felt bad because it was, it was given, that was my payment, the cold flavorless chicken, chicken sandwich, sandwich nice. which is about the level of work i put in there it, i suppose so. it was that and standing next to me for a picture standing next to the trash can and me for a picture it was those two things and that closed-eyed picture with me yeah, and Sid as well. closed-eyed picture well uh yeah it's been awesome having you on here thank you for uh for thank wanting you. to come on and talk with us and uh i'd love to have you back sometime if yeah you man the time and you're always welcome back and it'll be interesting to see some of the things we talked about here, um, specifically with magic going forward and some of your thoughts on things, it'll be really interesting to see how much you were right. Because I'll be honest, a lot of the times when you're talking about these things on your channel, I go back later and I'm like, holy shit, he got that spot yeah. on. I <laughs> love that. I got to say, I yeah, absolutely dude. love that because I make videos now. Like I made videos like three years ago going magic's grim future and people come on, you're too negative, blah, blah. Yeah. And now people come back and it's like, bro, you're Nostradamus. It's going yeah. exactly the way you said it would. And it's spot like, wow, with some surprise, stuff, surprise. Yeah. I know what yep. the fuck's up. Well, you're you're the the magic historian for a reason. So uh, that's right. That, that's <laughs> hyper no joke. obsessed. That's no joke. <laughs> but uh, he, he, he hates every card game. He loves magic and he yells at that one the most. That's, that's right. The one, yeah. Well, you you care about it. That's why, man. I, why? I people see that. You know, that's that's no joke. But uh, yep. so thank you for being on the bone zone, uh, George. Thank you for your time as always. As of course. Well, Thanks buddy. for having and, uh, me, gentlemen. You're welcome, you. and you are back. Anytime and uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, tomorrow you night. Said, let's do it anytime. again. Let's I love you guys. <laughs> I'm done. I'm like next week. I'm like no I man, told, no. You're you're I, waiting. You're waiting all weekend. You said, come on, bro. We're doing it every God. night. We're I doing it every done night. The next Two more hours days. right now. Let's do I it. Can, like, <laughs> I can feel like my soul dying. Yeah, you sounded tired at the beginning, bro. You like I, in your so voice. Like, I could hear it. My flight. Well, hey, I've been teaching for three weeks straight now. Yeah. So obviously, my voice is already shot. And um, my flight this morning was at my flight left at 520. So boarding was at 440 in the morning. I would just quit whatever it was you were doing. I'd be like, that's not my that's, job. That, that was the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> so this is my Uber this morning at three. So I just couldn't sleep last night. 
That's when I saw the clock. Now I was like, George is George is not only going to be tired. George, yeah, we got to let him go. sleep here soon. We got to let him. Just going to die. This is rough. I'll be honest. This is as well, rough as I felt. When George is on the screen with the setup of his keyboard, it makes and he's on my screen. It makes me feel like I'm actually inside of a computer looking <laughs> out at him. Or sometimes it makes me feel like he's standing in front of my car and I'm looking out the windshield. That's the and that's windshield. the dash, bro. Like legit, <laughs> half the time I'm staring at him, going like. I feel like he's in front of my car. Well, I got sour news for you. You actually have been completed, and you are in the computer right now. Andrew. That's right. That's that over. is what happened. And that's all right now, Arena. That just means more havoc, man. I'm gonna yeah. go cause problems. <laughs> well, thank you all as always for uh, for watching and for listening. And uh, let me know what you thought about Hatcher. That that should be fun. That should be a fun. Oh, yeah, those those comments are gonna be great. <laughs> why would you say? Why would you set up the comment section like that? Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. What, what, like, Hatcher knows why. Hatcher knows why. You got to get the comments. He's just uh, doing this because he's looking for the engagement from people hating. Never bring this guy on again. Hatcher haters. Yeah, dude. Thank God I don't have a YouTube channel. The existence (laughs) seems terrible. Uh, (laughs) If if only you knew. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Actually, overall, it's pretty good if you're somebody who can weather idiots. That's the trick. I just have fun. Like, honestly, it's, it's fun for me to do this. I... I have been able to do some really cool stuff because of all the people I've met and the connections I've made. And that's been the funnest part for me is getting to meet everyone. Like I that's true. If, like a year ago, if someone would have said, oh, you're going to go to the Genesis thing and meet Hatcher. And then you're going to talk to him on the podcast. I would have been like, that's cool as hell. Like I wouldn't have yeah, been like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so lucky. Like, I'm just glad that I'm getting to talk to people if that somebody I've had told me and... that I was going to get a free chicken sandwich from being a YouTuber, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it. Only that's when, that's when you find out banana. the reality. The sandwich is free, but it also comes with free sadness. Yep. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you right, so much. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Hatcher, thanks a lot, buddy. All right. Thank you.